now, more tips with your host, Rebecca Rogers. Remember that in our program, we present our opinion and the opinion of our guest, and is not to be interpreted as medical advice. Thank you for joining us on Lifestyle Improvement for Part 3 of our interview with Dr. Theodore Cadet. Dr. Cadet is a practicing doctor in optometry and is the director of optometry and neurooptometry for the Hope Clinics, which are located in Bellevue, Silverdale, and Tacoma, Washington. Dr. Cadet is a charter fellow of the College of Optometrists in Vision Development, which is the certification body for developmental optometry and neurooptometry. And now, here is our guest and our host, Rebecca Rogers. And I can remember too, I had uh, my oldest patient's been 84 years old. And it's such a wonderful story. She came in and she says, looked at me and she says, Dr. Cadet, I have 51 books on my nightstand. And I will get excited about some subject. I'll go out and buy a book about it. I'll start reading it. And after one page, my eyes hurt so bad. And the print looks so crazy that I put the book down and I never pick it up again. And I've done this 51 times. So we put her through a vision therapy program, took care of the issues that were preventing her eyes from teaming and coordinating together. And after we were all done with therapy, we would get a phone call every so often. And all she'd say to us is, well, I'm a number 11 now. I'm on number 18 now. I'm on number 27 oh, now. Wonderful. And she went and, re and now read all 51 books that were sitting on her nightstand. What a story. What a story. That's fantastic. And, and what, a, what a restoration of somebody's quality of life. That's what she wanted to do was read those books. And that is something that meant to her so much, just as far as independence, quality of life. And for some people, this is really a source of release of stress. It is really very relaxing to read. So going back to caregivers and how caregivers really have to find those small little things that they can have in order to release their stress, to have eye problems is a very stressful thing, correct? I would say very much so. And what I would hope is that the caregivers would look at the people and say, okay, what would they like to do with their life? And is there something that could be done that could help them do it better? And um, I can think of specifically my uh, stepdad who lost his vision from uh, macular degeneration. And he was a voracious reader. He loved to read. And we were able to get him what's called a closed circuit TV or CCTV, where he was able to put the book, the newspaper, whatever it was he wanted to read on a tray below, a TV camera picked it up, sent it through a prism. So he looked at a monitor and he was able to blow up the print to the size where he could actually see it. And it restored his whole quality of life in his 90s to be able to do what he wanted to do. And so if the caregivers can identify, okay, this is what the person would like to be able to do, then to see if they can consult, if it's a vision issue, um, a functional optometrist, if it's more of a motor or movement, whatever issue, a functionally oriented occupational therapist, physical therapist, speech language therapist, whatever they can find 
who will take a look and say, okay, this is what the person would like to do. How can we help them? If that's possible, how can we help them achieve that? And so you're rather than looking at it, that this is a person who's quote unquote disabled. Let's see what we can do to make them abled for what they want to do. Exactly. You know, again, if somebody 95 years old doesn't want to shoot a bow and arrow, you know, it really isn't important (laughs) if they haven't got the dexterity to shoot a bow and arrow. (laughs) So true. So true. Find out what they do want to do and then see if we can help them do it either directly or with um, compensation and support. Great advice. And, And another piece to that, of course, is as caregivers to always remember that it starts with you as a caregiver. So, you know, as you're caregiving for this person, looking at all those things you're talking about, but then taking a step back and how are you dealing with your health issues and your health problems, right? And how are you addressing your own uh, visual needs, correct? Absolutely, because as a caregiver, if you've got too many of your own unresolved problems, you're going to have a difficult time looking from a uh, in a big viewpoint at the person that you're caring for. Absolutely. What a great point to make. So let's take a step uh, of prevention, because we've talked a lot about things that we can do when we do have issues to deal with. How about some advice, some tips that you can give us listeners about how to prevent eye problems that are preventable? Any ideas? Oh, absolutely. Um, There's a lot, especially with kids, if you happen to have a child that's a voracious reader, they're much more likely to have their binocular vision eventually break down from all of this extensive nearpoint work. So some early um, evaluation and consultation with a functional or developmental optometrist can uh, result very often in nearpoint lenses or maybe some just beginning therapy to keep the system functional if it already is. Um, And that way you can prevent um, the child from having their binocular vision breakdown or from like you and I becoming nearsighted. And again, becoming nearsighted is simply the result of too much stress on the visual system. So the brain says, hey, let's change the system around. So now it's ideal for near, which is fine, but unfortunately you lose your clear far vision in that process. And it's interesting when you note that, uh, again, prior to schools, myopia or nearsightedness was almost unheard of. Today it's over 60% in the United States and over 90% in the Asian countries. It's an epidemic, and all from, again, just too much near-point activity. And should we say that that may be related to looking at that screen so long? And that can certainly add to, (laughs) along with all the reading and everything else, again, the total amount of time uh, kids and adults are spending doing near-point vision activities, whether it's uh, a book or a computer monitor. I was looking the other day at, at a study that actually was stating that texting is, cha- is they're, they're finding new brain waves that are coming when people text. And so therefore, our brains are changing as we speak, as we deal with this new technology. 
You know, we think about how peripheral vision is so important for survival, yet some of the many things that we're using right now, like our phones, are we neglecting our peripheral vision in the process of paying attention to very targeted small areas of vision? Oh, absolutely. We're just using what we call our central vision too much and our peripheral vision not enough. And so, again, looking at prevention, it's really important that parents uh, make sure that their kids get outside to, uh, if they have to, you know, lock the computer or uh, tablet in the closet and the kid has to go outside and play for an hour or two every day. Uh, the balance is absolutely crucial. Mm. And you're right, the peripheral vision isn't getting enough stimulation if all we're doing is looking straight ahead at tablets and phones and whatever else that we're doing. So I advise parents all the time to, again, limit screen time, but not just that, to make sure that the child is actively getting out and playing, even if they have to force them to just go outside and run around the block. Right. Um, that can be extremely helpful in balancing out and promoting good vision development overall. This is your host, Rebecca, and now we will take a short break and we will be right back with more ideas on lifestyle improvement. As a caregiver, you spend your days caring for the needs of someone else. But what are you doing to help yourself? In our Caregiver Survival 101 workshop, we teach you the self-help skills that will empower you to be healthier and more productive. Do you feel tired, overwhelmed, have difficulty sleeping? Do you feel isolated? All this could be signs of caregiver stress. Chronic stress can impact your health adversely and ultimately cause irreversible and unwanted physical problems. Take a step towards your own personal care. A healthy caregiver is a better caregiver. You owe it to yourself and your loved ones to do what is needed to stay healthy today. Go to www.caregiversurvival101.com. That again is www.caregiversurvival101.com. And discover how we can help you help yourself. Or call 877-957-7387, extension 101. That again is 877-957-7387, extension 101. Caregiver Survival 101. Because care starts with you. Absolutely. So important. So important. How about eating your carrots? <laughs> you <have to laughs> well, you know, there's, there, I, I would say that we know and, and where that came from is that vitamin A, which are, is very prevalent in carrots, is an important part of the breakdown of the what's called rhodopsin. It's the chemical in the, in the retina that breaks down to allow us to have night vision. And so if a person is short in vitamin A, they may very well note that their vision is not very good and not very comfortable at night. And if they want to eat carrots or take vitamin A supplements or whatever, if that's the problem, in three weeks or a month, their night vision is magically much better. Wow. So that's something that uh, if a person is having night vision problems, hey, you know, get a vitamin A supplement from uh -huh. a good health food store, take it for a month and see if it helps. If it does, you're on the right track. And if it isn't better in a month, then it's something else. It's not 
the breakdown of vitamin A and the uh, right. night pigment. Right. Any other supplements that you can think about? Well, uh, generally, I'm a believer in just a good general vitamin and mineral supplement. Um, I remember uh, hearing a talk years ago, I think it was a Dr. Crook who was very involved in uh, our food and nutrition. And he took a carrot and he made the assumption that every time that carrot got moved or something happened to that carrot, it lost 5% of the nutrition it had when it was pulled out of the ground. And he walked through all of, you know, putting it in a silo and from a silo on a truck and a truck to the uh, warehouse and from the warehouse into a box. And, you know, anyway, by the time it got to the grocery store, as I recall, it had about 15 percent of the nutrition that it had when it was pulled out of the ground. Right. And so it makes a lot of sense to me that it's hard to get good nutrition out of our food today. So good vitamin and basic mineral supplement, probably extra C and E as just a basic. And then again, I'm a firm believer of a naturopath or homeopath um, can identify specific minerals or vitamins that your body has difficulty assimilating. Well, then you need more of it. Uh, it makes perfectly good sense to me that maybe you need uh, 100 milligrams of vitamin B1 to get an adequate amount. Maybe I need 500 because my body doesn't handle it well. Okay. So um, if you can identify these sorts of issues and uh, provide adequate nutrition, you're going to be a lot healthier. And you definitely want to put those sunglasses on because uh, of cataracts, right? Absolutely. And to make sure, uh, and most of them today do have adequate ultraviolet protection. Um, and of course, the idea never, ever, ever, ever look directly at the sun because you can actually burn the fovea in your retina and be permanently blinded by that. Hmm. Uh, and I think most people are aware, but every so often we still hear of people that lose their vision because they stared at the sun. Wow. You don't even, even for a second, you never want to look directly at wow. it. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for making that point And thank you for reminding our listeners of that, because uh, like you said, sometimes people may forget or young people may not know something for caregivers and parents to remind their kids that it's not just being silly, that it really, there is definitely a danger to doing that. So they need very to be dangerous, very aware of Absolutely. that. Perfect. So before we let you go here, Dr. Cadet, you've been so generous with your time. Oh, I was this just has absolutely been fun. <laughs> yeah, well, good. It's been fun two ways. Yeah. So why don't you give us maybe a couple anecdotes, maybe a couple stories that that you feel really, really good about in which you really saw your uh, approach or vision therapy really make a change in someone's life that you would like to share with us today? Well, absolutely. And of course, um, I think uh, for me, I can think of particularly um, one nine-year-old who was uh, just a smart little gal, but just having the most awful time in school. And um, when uh, she came in, she went through vision therapy, realized herself the tremendous difference it had made and uh, when her therapy was all done, she brought me some cookies Aww. that she had made herself. <laughs> oh, wonderful. I mean, you know, and, and even like Valentine's Day, you should see all the Valentines and stuff. The they love you. I mean, you realize 
that they are so appreciative mm-hmm. that and what a difference it's made in their life. Right. And um, again, we have a number of patients with head traumas. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, a, a story of uh, one guy who was a he worked right at Microsoft here in the area um, and again was in a uh, automobile accident. And all of a sudden, his vision changed. He couldn't do his job. He was going to be fired, Hmm. Um, was actually going into the company like at midnight and two in the morning to try to get his work caught up. So nobody know that he wasn't getting his job done or he was having Hmm. so much trouble. And again, after being able to help him resolve his vision problem, um, he was able just to do his normal work. Uh, able to be with his family again and just resume the life that he had taken for granted prior to being in this automobile accident. So as I look at it, really the best thing I do is help people uh, get their life back and are to be able to meet the goals or the demands of society Hmm. that their life requires so they can hopefully be like you and I, where we're able to do the things we need to do and have a very nice quality of life. Wonderful. And I would have to say that's huge to help people in that way. And what a gift. What a gift to give that back to people, their independence and their ability to see. Absolutely. And that's why I'm 74 years old and I have absolutely no intention of retiring. Beautiful. And I'm glad you said I love what I do. Why would I want to sit at home and decide whether I'm going to take the garbage out at 10 o'clock today, or would it be okay to take it out at 11? <laughs> well, before we go, we are going to mention where you where they can find you, but I would like you to leave my listeners with one gem, something that you, through your practice, through your experience, through your days, if you had to leave the listeners with one important point to remember as they think about vision and how to take care of it and how to approach uh, their life in order to maintain as much functionality in that area. What would you say that is one important thing to remember? I think the biggest thing to remember is really that we're all different. We all have very different likes and dislikes. We, We live our lives differently. And to constantly, again, be looking at the clients they serve or the family members that they serve and keep in mind, what does this person like to do with their vision? How are they having difficulties doing what they'd like to do with their vision? And then, if necessary, find a developmental functional behavioral optometrist to work with in looking at options for allowing that person to be able to use their vision to do what they want to do with it. Wow. And not just, oh, they've got 2020, so everything's got to be fine. Exactly. No, it may not be. So very important. A Hope Clinic, I love the name of your clinic, the Hope Clinic in Silverdale, Bellevue, and Tacoma, Washington. As you know, this program is heard nationwide via podcast on the internet, via our radio program, Lifestyle Improvement Radio. So if people have questions for you, can they call you? Can they email you? Is there a a way to do that? Absolutely. So number one, they can certainly email me at tcadet, and that's T-K-A-D-E-T 
at hopecliniconline, all one word, dot com. Or they, to find doctors like myself, they can go to the website of the College of Optometrists and Vision Development, which is C is in Charlie, O is in Oscar, V is in Victor, D is in David.org. Go to the doctor locator and they can put in uh, where they are and uh, get a list of doctors who are interested in functional vision. Uh, there will be both fellows who are certified doctors, and then there will be associate members who usually are young doctors that are just haven't been in practice long enough to be able to become certified fellows of the College of Optometrists and Vision Development. But these are doctors that are interested in what we've talked about for the past hour. Thank you so much, Dr. Cadet. And if you want to know more about Dr. Cadet, or do if you want to, again, find out more about his practice, you can go to hopecliniconline.com, and there you will see more information about him. And as he said, you can send him an email, and there is also a phone number there that you can call. Right, if they want to call, so it'd be area code 425-462-7800. Thank you. And we're also going to have your website when we have the podcast. We will be linking to your website as well. So people can always click there and go straight to your website to see more about what you are doing. Very good. And then again, hopefully, if we're not convenient, find a doctor in their area. Absolutely. Thank you, Dr. Cadet, for your time. Rebecca, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Please feel free to come and visit us again at any time. Remember that in our program, we present our opinion and the opinion of our guest, and is not to be interpreted as medical advice. Thank you for joining us on Lifestyle Improvement for Part 3 of our interview with Dr. Theodore Cadet. Dr. Cadet is a practicing doctor in optometry and is the director of optometry and neurooptometry for the Hope Clinics, which are located in Bellevue, Silverdale, and Tacoma, Washington. Dr. Cadet is a charter fellow of the College of Optometrists in Vision Development, which is the certification body for developmental optometry and neurooptometry.
This is Naomi, and you just heard my song, Only Stars. You can find me and the song on YouTube if you search for Only Stars Can Make the Night Shine by Naomi. N-H-A-O-H-M-I. And don't forget to join your host, Rebecca Rogers, again next Sunday morning at 7.30 for more tips on lifestyle improvement.